Welcome to Choir Talks. My name is Greg O'Neill. I'm the worship pastor at Ridgecrest Baptist Church, and I'm glad you found my podcast. Are you praying for someone this week? Is there somebody that you care about who is facing a great difficulty? There's probably someone in your life that has risen up on your prayer list and is quick to come to mind whenever you sit down to pray. Psalm 20 is a psalm that I looked at this week that might be a guide to help us pray for another person. Psalm 20 is a prayer offered by the people of Israel for David, the, the king, probably as he is about to enter battle. Battle, obviously, is a life and death situation, not only for the king, but for the people whose fate are tied to his success. It's a pretty scary moment, I would imagine, for a people facing uh, an unknown future with big consequences on the line. So that might sound a little like the person you're praying for. Maybe you're praying for someone who is facing uncertainty. Probably not life or death in a physical battle, but they may be in a battle against potentially bad consequences. Uh, the first verse here uh, in Psalm 20 says uh, that the prayer is for someone in distress. So maybe that sounds like the person that you're praying for. So let's look at the prayer a little bit from Psalm 20. Here's the first verse. It says, May the Lord answer you when you are in distress. May the name of the God of Jacob protect you. So the first point that sticks out to me about praying for someone uh, is that it's uh, you're often praying a prayer of protection, and you pray under the name of God. The, the idea of the name of God comes up three times in this short psalm, and that's an important part of the understanding about how to pray and we need to understand sort of the mentality that these ancient Hebrews would pray in when they prayed in the name of God in the name of the Lord when we think about the name we're of someone we're thinking about just a designation that distinguishes one person from the next like my name is Greg but an ancient Israelite thinks completely different about the word name the word name not only carries a, a way to differentiate one person from the next, but it is also embodies the character, the nature of who that person is and their ability. So to them, the phrase, may the name of the God of Jacob protect you, might sound more like, may the power and faithfulness and goodness of the saving God that has worked in the lives of our fathers protect you. When we call on the name of the Lord, we are trusting in his power, in his love for us to be brought to bear in the situation that we're praying for. So praying in the name of Jesus. All right, here's the second verse. May he send you help from the sanctuary and grant you support from Zion. That's the petition here. First of all, for protection in verse one. In verse two, it's really a prayer of provision. Uh, anybody who is in any sort of distress needs the provision of the Lord. The thing to note about this verse here is that they are asking that the help come from the sanctuary and from Zion. Both of those words, I believe, imply the temple to those who were originally making this prayer. In other words, they are calling on the power of God that resides in that temple to come make a difference in the physical world in the in the realm that they live and whatever was going on in this case possibly a battle so they're praying 
about a physical situation, a battle, and yet they are depending and ex- assuming that the help will be in us from from God, from a spiritual being, bringing spiritual resources into the physical world. So not only are we praying in the name of God, but we're praying understanding that his power transcends this the physical world. It transcends whatever needs we have in the physical world. So we're we're trusting that someone bigger than any uh, physical circumstance that we face in this world is hearing and answering that prayer. Then there's a prayer for discernment. Uh, and uh, this is what it sounds like. They're, the prayers ask, remember all of your sacrifices and, and may the Lord give you the desire of your heart. I don't really have time probably in the, just a couple of minutes to develop this, but I think the takeaway here from verse 3 it should be something like this. May he show you in your worship times with him the thing to pursue and how to pursue it. I think this uh, prayer includes a prayer of discernment for the person who is in the middle of the situation. And then there's a prayer of faith where they anticipate celebrating the victory that God is going to bring about. This sounds like this in the psalm. They say, May we shout for joy over your victory and lift up banners in the name of our God. In other words, before they even get to the battle, they are looking forward, believing and trusting in God that he's going to bring victory. And in their mind's eye, they are seeing the celebration that they are going to have when God's victory comes through. Now, that really speaks to me. I don't know that I often enough pray with that kind of faith where I envision uh, the celebration that I'm going to have when... uh, when God brings his power to bear. Uh, That's a prayer of faith. Then there's uh, maybe a more famous verse, and um, this verse kind of speaks to me about what is it that you're depending on. Verse 7 says, Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. Um, That's a, a part of, that comes after the prayer, after the victory. It's a part of the celebration to recognize that they had dependent and trusted in the name of the Lord instead of trusting in worldly forces. Just a personal word of testimony to stick in here. In 2016, my wife began to feel like God was calling her to run uh, an election, uh, a campaign to be the youth court judge in our county. She had served for a decade as the public defender in that court, but she began to dream of how the court could be more effective, perhaps, in directing the paths of youth in our, in our county. Her opponent would be the sitting judge who was over her, actually, and uh, could even fire her if he wanted to. Uh, he was a recent appointee by the governor of our state. She went to his office to tell him that she was going to run, and he said there were two things that that he told her intending to discourage her from running. First of all, he reminded her that over the past several years he had run seven different campaigns for different offices in our county and in our area. And secondly, he wanted her to know that he had what he called a war chest, a war chest of money uh, able to run the campaign. Not long after that meeting, we were approached by a political advisor who wanted to be able to help us and he met with us for a few minutes and he said something um, that he considered to be essential to us he said that elections were won 
according to two things, name recognition and money. So thinking back to her meeting with her potential opponent, he had run seven campaigns where she had run zero. Name recognition was squarely in his favor. Uh, War chest, he said. Shortly after announcing our our intent to to run, our opponent moved $48,000 from his previous campaigns into a campaign fund for this campaign. Then, within a few days, the governor of our state hosted an event to raise money for him, which netted him well over $30,000. So immediately, he had over $80,000, whereas we had, well, less than $2,000 that came from our savings account. Money was squarely in our opponent's favor. Name recognition and money, if that's what it depended on, we were in trouble. But that's when we began to read Psalm 20 and particularly uh, verse 7. Some trust in chariots and some in horses. Think here, money and name recognition. But we trust in the name of the Lord our God. What that political advisor didn't know is that there's a power greater than money and a name that is more powerful than one that is recognized among men. We began to learn to trust God even against all conventional wisdom and overwhelming odds. We were not to trust in money. We were not to focus on the powerful name of our opponent. Instead, we were to trust in the powerful name of our God. We often said to one another, this is a David versus Goliath thing. That's how we felt. Well, here's what David said to Goliath. He said, you come against me with sword and spear and javelin. Think chariots and horses, right? But I come to you in the name of the Lord Almighty. As you pray for your friend today, think about praying for help from on high. Think about trusting in the name of the powerful one that you're praying to. Pray believing uh, that you will shout for joy and be able to lift up banners in honor of the God who gives us victory. Oh, and the election? Well, it was an overwhelming victory for my wife. In fact, in the months afterwards, several political hopefuls uh, called her from around the state because they wanted to understand the, quote, strategy that she used to win, which gave her a chance to lift up banners in in the name of the Lord and explain that it was God who ordained, led, planned, and resourced and then gave the victory. Hope you have a great day. 